Let's read Spider-Man, listeners. This is Eddie Do, and I'm joined with James B. One more time. Well, you got to say your name there. Oh, I thought you were going to address the listeners <laughs> yourself before the podcast I was started. Gonna, I was, I was going to say you're. You got to say James B, and then I'll finish my thing. Oh, okay. So. I didn't know it was with you for this. I thought that you're was just, with me you, for this. Oh, that was not made clear at all. I'm <laughs> sorry. No, it wasn't. You're like I'm going to do something before we even start. I'm like, okay, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> all right, you get to. You have to say your name too. So yes, I now have to edit out 35 seconds. It's, we're we're <laughs> recording, so you can start all over whenever you're ready. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. You ready? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's read Spider-Man, listeners. This is Eddie Do, joined with... James B. So says Eddie Do. Let's read Spider-Man! James B., what did you think of my intro after that hip music I, going on there? I, I, I like the idea of you having a crazy intro. I think <laughs> I, I always think our music is what really keeps people with us, but I figure if they've lasted this long, they probably stuck it out. I, I mean, that we just we got to have to credit Jeff Keniston for that fantastic music that you all hear all the time. Yes. Yeah. What an intro, right, James B.? I believe he's vocals and instruments and everything. He's. The only thing he doesn't get credit for is the lyrics. One, man. <laughs> <laughs> we we spent a long time coming up with those. The Actually, one man band, Jeff Keniston. Te- Thank you, Jeff Keniston. Technically, I told him I didn't want the lyrics, so since he actually says them, he probably gets credit for that too. So I, he, I think he gave us lyrics and non-lyrics. And yes, the, the, I mean I love the lyrics. It's fantastic for sure. As, so. as we record episode eighteen, Eddie has not heard any of them, but the there, I do have the non-lyric as our close. So oh, every, oh everybody, okay, All everybody right. else has heard it seventeen times, and you've never even heard it. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, all right, all right, here we are. Are you ready, James B., to go into the wonderful world of Doctor Strange? Yes, I'm going to be your mindless uh, mindless thug tonight. I'll just do as you command. All right, all right, here we go. So I'm, I'm, I'm in charge again, everybody. Uh, Eddie here in charge. Uh, let me talk about this annual, because they don't they don't come out too often and i must say it's interesting to look at the 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 cover and then the opening opening page they're just so very very different going on here we're really like see dr strange doing all sorts of things and spider-man and weird worlds all over the place so let me talk about this a little bit and then we'll james we're gonna we're gonna change it up a little bit towards the end so in this annual spider-man's moving around and he's bored he uses one of my favorite lines as a uh, as useful, he feels as useful as a secondhand tune of dinosaur repellent, which <laughs> is a fantastic line. But he won't be bored for very long because this guy, Zandu, who constantly says, so says Zandu, finds uh, the knockoff version of Sandman and who I'd like to call his buddy um, Cousin Gravel there, I guess we could say, in a bar beating up people, and he takes control of them, and after adjusting some enchantments, Xandu sends them to Doctor Strange's uh, place, which 
I mean, they just knock Doctor Strange out in like a heartbeat. Doctor Strange tries to do this illusion and whatever with un, under control of Xandu. And correct me if I'm wrong saying that name, listeners. All right, I'm I'm not a Doctor Strange person particularly. So, anyways, they steal the wand of or the half of wand of Watum, and Spider sees Spider Man sees them leaving, and he starts fighting these uh, two thugs that have been uh, enchanted by Xandu or put under a spell whatever you would like to say and he just like he can't beat him and they defeat him and spider-man's like on the ground and just like always with bad guys they're like eh he's no problem anymore (laughs) we'll just let him sit there he throws a tracker onto one of their legs and uh they bring the wand of the other half of wanda watum to zandu he combines them both together and he's like all powerful but spider-man finds the tracker and finds zandu back in his place he gets defeated again he gets thrown into like a a portal into another dimension and spider-man very cleverly picks up the wand just before he gets sucked into the dimension and zandu's all upset so he's got a sickest thugs after him again Doctor Strange finally wakes up and uses his amulet, amulet to find Zandu, and he battles, he battles Zandu. And Spidey once again, I mean, it says he allowed himself to get defeated, so he's in some weird world that he's got a portal out of, and knock off Sandman and Cousin Gravel, catch him, and they bring him back because he allows himself to be defeated. He knows he's going to lose, so essentially he gets defeated again and he shows up and um while when he shows back up dr strange and zandu have been going at it quite a bit and then zandu gets the the wand defeats dr strange dr strange has to go into his ectoplasmic self and he helps spidey end up defeating the uh the uh, knockoff sandman and cousin gravel there by uh, electrocuting him is what i what i think he does to him um Doctor Strange and Spidey combine their powers to defeat Zandu, and Doctor Strange like lights up the wand and says, "No more for the wand." And then that's about it. That ends with that ends with Spider-Man standing on a building, and may the Vishni watch over thee, is Doctor Strange there as he floats away with his his magical cape. So, James B, I, I I would like to do a pros and a cons to see if we can kind of scientifically determine whether this was a good annual or not okay james b so james sure. b do you, do you want to take a side pros or cons we can let listeners know yeah i'm going to take uh i'll take cons i do have a couple comments but i'll squeeze them into my cons okay all right sounds good all right do you want to go first any any cons you want to state state clearly to start off spider-man's way too casual about being sucked into a portal <laughs> just like not a problem it seems like he's done this before, and he's not worried about it at all. I, I, I think, once again, the adaptiveness and cleverness of Spider-Man. He's okay with this. I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go another direction here, and just say that this comic is very different from like pretty much all Spider-Mans in so many different ways. Um, before this, and I think I'll leave it there. I don't think we've had another comic that's even close to another Spider-Man that's been close to as different as this one. Anything Di- from you, James B? Different author, right? I mean, Steve that's Ditko. That's correct. Well, okay. He's the author, and um, Doctor Strange is the is the main, you know, the main other character. Doctor Strange um, doesn't have his own book at this time. It's not like he has his own comic, so he he appears in Strange Tales or. 
Uh, actually, what is, is that what he appears in? He appears he, in some... he, I looked this up, actually. He appears in Strange Tales, and then he kind of appears more in Strange Tales. But he doesn't get, a, it, as far as I can tell, he doesn't get his own comic until like 1968 or 60, halfway through. And this is this annual was written on October 1st, 1965, too, as far as, as, far as I can tell. Or published, I should say. So, so, yeah. so it's essentially a Marvel team-up, which is Spider-Man and somebody else hanging out together. And the other character isn't even a main character. Uh, Zandu does appear. He's a re- sort of a reoccurring villain. He's got like 15 appearances. So he's over his you know span. So he's around. Again, the, the, casual, the casualness of it bothers me. There's no... It doesn't feel connected to Spider-Man's world at all because one, it's not. And two, it's not even in this world. Um, the only thing that even felt Spider-Man at all was when he threw the, the little tracer. I mean, his little move of "I'm going to trace you with my tracer" is his thing. But like, literally, Spider-Man, I, I, I can't go. I can't say this enough. He's falling into a portal. He's fading away. His response is, "The guy's like, you will never interfere with me again." And he's like, "Hey, don't bet on it, bright eyes." Well, if I gotta go, I'm taking the little doohickey with me. Dun 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 dun. dun. I mean, you know, it's just so casual. Hey, it's it's true. He seems unconcerned about so many different things that certainly I would be concerned about too. But once again, I think that plays off of why this is an interesting an inter- interesting issue. And the other thing that I think that is like I know James B. You like the story with Betty and Liz and Flash and all these other side characters, and that does make Spider-Man really interesting. But to see kind of just Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. In Doctor Strange, this is a real intro to Doctor Strange, too. We really get to see, like, what he's about and what he can do. I wish we could have seen more, kind of, like, his amulet does stuff. But, like, we don't we don't, we don't, don't get a lot of explanation about it. But it's interesting to see how he operates. And also teams up with Spider-Man to defeat a villain. I mean, they both go at it with their powers at the same time. So, for me, I mean, you could argue that not having to see a very sad Betty or Liz Allen or an angry Flash Thompson or a exclamation three exclamation point J. Jonah Jameson is a little bit of a, a, a relief, we could say a reprieve. Anything else you want to add, James B? I'm still so hung up on the fact that Spider-Man like disappears in the portal with the joke. And then his next comment is, I don't have an idea where I am, but one thing is for sure... It's going to take more than a 15 cent bus ride to get back to New York to dump dump, you know, but then he goes, Oh, Bo, I'm glad I grabbed this wand. Cause if there's any chance of me being found, he's going to come for me now. It's like serious joking, serious joking. And it's really between that and the fact, that, like you said, they dressed up the villain to essentially in the exact clothes of the Sandman with different color hair. Uh, Very distracting. It, that That's true. I really was bothered by um, the uh, poor man, Sandman and his, his, Cousin there, Gravel in his black shirt, the, the two thugs. But, uh, you know, if you like fighting, this is a good comic for fighting, except for Doctor Strange. He seems to get knocked out very fast early on, and then he, he comes back into it. So a so, good comic for lots of good fighting, too. So I've got something. If you're good with this, I've got something to kind of close up this one. All right. Sounds good. Two things. One is uh, you you noted earlier that uh, these don't come out too often. I'm going to let you know they come out um, uh, annually, by the way. So you're, you're correct. They don't come up too often. I'd say every 11 to 13 months or so. Hence um, the name. <laughs> I I happen to have a low grade, uh, which means not a very good condition, copy of this original annual from 1965. It's 72 pages. It said it contains three of Spidey's full length stories. Well, 
what else is going to be in here? What else is going to be in the annual besides this Doctor Strange? It says on the cover, three of Spidey's earliest, greatest, most requested full-length epics. Wow. You and I will take turns guessing. You get, I guess, three guesses each. Well, this is a surprise. Uh, mm, mm, I know the Human Torch doesn't show up, but uh, I, I, I don't know... Betty Brandt, we get more about Betty or something like that? Oh, I don't think you're understanding what I think happens I don't know here. if I... Okay. I, I think they've reprinted in this issue three of the previous issues we've already covered, Eddie. Oh, oh, I see. Oh, okay, I understand. And I'm saying... Oh, so there's... Which ones did you think... Now, none are on the cover. Oh. Okay. What All do you right. think is in here? I'm, I'm going to go for that, that early one where Spider-Man goes to the Human Torch and messes up his house. I can't remember what he did before that, but okay. it's a very controversial one. Yeah, I understand that. I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a full length epic. <laughs> oh, that's true. I all right, you go, James B. All right, so so the dilemma here is: Are they going to put a really good one in, or are they going to put in something that's that they're not going to plan on reprinting another time, but they can sort of squeeze it in here? Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to say the Enforcer story, number 10, I think would be in here. Because it's not that good, but it's good enough to be jammed in here. I'm going to pick that one, issue 10. Wow. I, I, I'm, going to go for, I'm going to go for Doc Ock. I think the, the first uh, appearance, it, number two? Mm, yes. I'm going to go for Doc Ock, first appearance. Sure, because he's like Spider-Man's main kind of I th- battle guy. I think that's a great guess. I was debating. I just feel like they would... I just felt if he was in here, they might put it on the cover. So I'm going to say that they put in the one that's the um, the living brain story again. I'm just going to keep picking all the terrible... That's the one that's the um, uh, the tribute to teenager story. I oh, think yeah. That's, I think that one's in here. I think that might be six. I'm not positive. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go for first uh green goblin i'll do the opposite because i think it i think it's gonna be the first green goblin again okay um i can't remember which issue i gotta look at it here all right and if i'm gonna have to take a uh you know i said doc ock was two i think doc ock is three i'm gonna take two which i think is the first vulture Hmm. it's a good guess all right, I'm ready for the reveal. Did you? I think you got one more guess, don't you? Oh, you, oh, you took, oh well, that's uh, true. I wasted mine on Weird Torch. You took Goblin, and you took... And first Goblin, Doc first Doc Ock. Doc Ock. First Human Torch would be the when he goes and visits Fantastic Four, technically. Want that one? Sure, I'll take that one, too. Number one? Okay. Yeah. All right, let's see. So it looks like it's... Let's see. They're all calling him a menace and everything. It's number one. It's the one that's going to, it's the one that has the human torch. Oh. Um, let's see. He's, he's fighting against the, oh no, it's the tinkerer one. <laughs> <laughs> Your that, favorite, James B. <laughs> I'm sorry. We're not, we're not very good uh, reviewers of our own story. Um, Cause it's, it's the tinkerer issue. Actually, no, this is also when he fights. The, it's the same one. The tinker issue is the same one when he yeah. faces. So that it's the tinkerer story. And the capsules in here too. So the first one is he. Fight, it's the it's the capsule, the J. Jonah Jameson capsule. Oh. Which is in, which is part of the right, story right. of one, right? Yes. But it's not. And then the second one is the tinkerer part of two. Oh, I see what they're doing. They're not giving you the good parts. <laughs> so oh. They gave, you, they gave you the tinkerer, and then they gave you that one. Let's see what the third one is. Maybe we'll get the chameleon or somebody. 
Let's see what the third one is. Oh, then they give you some ads in the middle with some of his things. Oh, I almost guessed Dr. Doom. Dr. Doom is the last one. Okay, really? so it's part of one, part of two, and part of five. But the part of one and two they give you is the capsule. And, <sighs> and um, yeah, so there's like no first appearances of any of the villains. Unless you can, oh, sorry, the Tinker, the terrible Tinker. <laughs> So, I like the Tinkerer. It's annual. So this annual now, if you bought it, you get the Tinkerer story, the Doctor Doom story, uh-huh. and the Capsular. So they give you some of the other worst stories of all time. So this is a terrible annual. This is garbage. It, I, I can't even pretend to argue for it anymore. <laughs> the fact that, like, it's all fighting. They just fight and fight. And I'm like, there's nothing here but fighting, which is fine uh. sometimes, but... Uh, yeah. it all, it, nothing makes sense, too. I'm like, I don't even know who this guy is or what the wand is or whatever. Eddie, do you have time for uh, our sponsor? I'm ready for a sponsor. Eddie, we have a new sponsor this week. Um, let me just get the copy here. Eddie, are you feeling as useful as a secondhand tube of dinosaur repellent? Would you like a cool place to hang out? Well, Eddie, there is a place for you. It's a place full of savage bullies who are proud of their strength <laughs> but sorely lacking in intelligence. If so, Eddie, please come to Cousin Gravel's Bar in Woodside. While Queens bustles on, this well-worn, vintage Irish pub stays the same. Regulars such as knockoff version of Sandman and the man called Cannonball line the front bar, while Cousin Gravel himself hosts guests in the wood-paneled dining room, made all the more classic with vintage antique wooden tables and chairs from an honest age of pre-chained family dining. So don't crawl back in the woodwork. Come out and see at Cousin Gravel's. In a city lousy with buzzworthy bars, this simple, charming establishment is still among the best. Open 11 a.m. to 4 a.m. daily, 718-429-9339. Eddie, do you have any interest in bringing your mom or your family to Cousin Gravel's? <laughs> to hang out with the bullies? <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. I appreciate them sponsoring us, but I'm not sure. Perhaps. <laughs> I remember in the I remember in the issue, Eddie, I was able to um, you could get, you know, you could see the inside of uh, of of the bar. It looks uh, it, lo- it does look like it has a lot of wood in it. That's nice. Yeah, it, for sure. Uh, the the character the characters I don't know. I'm not like a prize fighter or something since <laughs> there seems to be some fights that occur there occasionally, right? <laughs> I believe so. I believe it. It's, but that's just part of the charm. Why would you go, Eddie, to somewhere like Red Robin when you could go to Cousin Gravels, right? Well, I guess if I get to meet Cannonball, I would like to ask Cannonball about how what it's like to be with the uh, the Ringmasters crew, right? The Ringmasters crew. Absolutely. All right, Eddie, we're going to move on and talk about the uh, the issue with the Scorpion here, which I think is. Yeah, issue uh, 20, I'll say 29. Okay. And I didn't write down the title of this one, so I know it's a Scorpio. Okay. Never Step on a Scorpion. Yes, Never Step on a Scorpion. And then it says, says, or you think it's easy to dream of titles like this? Which is weird. So, Eddie, I'm going to summarize the first five pages. So, Peter Parker is too fat for his clothes, so he gets some money, which he's low on which is one of the reoccurring problems he has. Uh, the Scorpion escapes from the police wearing his costume, which is, again, another reoccurring problem that we have where villains keep escaping in their costumes. And then um, news of a cat burglar 
uh, and his scientific equipment is being stolen, is overheard. I think he's talking to Foswell, JJ. Um, this is a setup, by the way, for the next couple of issues. They're just doing a, a setup, which is really, I, I think, a strength of these issues. And I know I miss them sometimes, and you're like, but I, I knew the next issue of the Cat Burglar, and so I noticed it. Um, Peter's pretty rude to Ned Leeds. He's human torch rude to him. Um, J. Jonah Jameson knows it's he needs Spider-Man's help, though, because the Scorpion's around. Uh, Spider-Man swings all of the city. He's trying to lure the Scorpion. And at the top of page six, a bystander says to Spider-Man, what are you, a professional nut? Uh, Eddie, anything that I went by too quickly you want to cover or uh, before I move on? Only that the uh, uh, mental illness seems to come around again. Scorpion gets out because, because he was too upset without his costume. <laughs> this is why he gets out. He breaks out of jail. They give him his costume and that because to make him feel better while he's in jail and then he breaks out that's how he gets his costume back because i'm always amazed when these guys end up with their costumes again straight out of jail they're like ah you can have this back nothing bad will happen after that um but yeah and it's funny we both note how peter parker is getting fat (laughs) needs some clothing good thing his spider-man outfit is stretchy that that's all for me you can continue on james b the uh scorpion attacks j jonah jameson um when Spider-Man realizes, oh, darn it, the sp- I fly all over the city, Scorpion sees he's probably attacking J. Jonah Jameson. So he decides to head over there and see if he can help out. Uh, during the fight, Ned leads. Um, he's protecting Betty, which gives um, really annoys uh, Peter. And then he starts giving Spider-Man advice during the fight, which also annoys Peter. On the last panel on page 10, uh, Spider-Man turns to uh, Ned leads in the middle of the fight and tells him to shut up. <laughs> He has time in the middle of the fight to tell him because Ned Leeds did warn him to watch out for the tail and Spider-Man didn't take, didn't follow that. The cops show up. So the spider, Spider-Man and Scorpion take the fight outside. They're like, oh, cops are here. Let's go fight outside. Uh, Spider-Man uses his webs like bolas, which makes Eddie really happy. He yeah. tang- <laughs> tangles Sorry. up the Scorpion. That's okay. Tangles him up and they uh, fall in the water below. And basically after, a, you know, as James, we would say a six page fight, um, Spider-Man wins. Um, before we close up on the last two pages, Eddie, anything else you want to uh, talk about? No, you, you hit the bulls real real well there. I, I just had a, a thought while I was thinking about how Scorpion likes to scrunch up his tail. I mean, was Winnie the Pooh around? Was Tigger bouncing around on his tail at the same time? Is this like a like a Tigger, Tigger move going on from Winnie the Pooh? I don't know. I'll, I'll, we'll have to research. Continuing on, James B. The issue ends with Ned taking care of Betty and um, Aunt May's getting dis- dizzy. Um, I happen to own issue 32, um, so I've seen the cover, and I know Aunt May's looking dizzy on the cover, so I feel like this is a setup for that issue. Um, so the issue's ending with uh, Peter having money trouble still. Uh, he's having girl trouble still. And uh, Aunt May's having health issues still. These are all the things that happen. The only thing that really is missing from this issue is, uh, is our good friend Flash Thompson. If he was just there to make fun of Peter, but we do have Ned Leeds who sort of fills that role a little bit. Uh, Flash Thompson, by the way, does not appear... Um, in this issue, I, I do feel that I'm glad he's not here, though, because these issues are getting filled with just an awful lot. I notice when I'm jotting down my notes, that I have to cut so many little details out because I think that that I think that they pan out like a really big story. And they say, here's what I want to have happening over the next five or ten issues. And then they just start filling it in. I really can't imagine he's writing these one at a time anymore. I think they're just part of one big story. Eddie, what do you yeah. think? I, I would agree. They're like they're leading in. There's a lot more going on for the future 
regularly. You know, I know we talked about Mary Jane Watson when we will see her. We saw her, but we didn't see her face. And that's such a long run up to seeing Mary Jane Watson's face. And I, I thought, is there anything else this last? I said this, I think, last podcast. Is anything else had more anticipation? We, we haven't figured out anything about Green Goblin, really. Like, he actually is a very mysterious for a very, very long time, too, which, of course, we will find out uh, in the future. But it does feel that, I mean, this these are the issues that started to bother me because my mom's generation could only buy comics in the summer. And I'm like, well, what happens in the fall and the, <laughs> the spring? Because you can't just, you, you get left with such cliffhangers at the end. So, yeah, this would be a hard one to finish and be like, who knows what happens in the next one. So, <laughs> Well, you know what? We're not going to talk about the next one because we're getting a little tight on time. But I am going to take time and uh, squeeze in a little game, if you don't mind. I can't wait. So, here's my question for you. Um, you have run into uh, at least at least appearing in the panel and talking. You've run into three of his love interests. That would be Liz Allen, Betty Brandt, and MJ. Okay, that's oh, yeah. Mary okay. Jane Watson. All right. Now, okay. now, I, I'm going to ask you. The first question is: um, Do you know, yes or no, that Spider-Man is going to um, fall in love with essentially? Another, we'll say, like superhero, supervillain type character in his future. Are you aware of that? Yes or no? Uh, I don't. I don't know if I am. I don't think so. I, okay. I know Gwen so Stacy. Gwen Stacy's got to show up. Yeah, Gwen Stacy right? is the fourth character that we're missing. Okay. Correct. And that, and the one that you, I don't know that you know about is Felicia Hardy. Um, oh yeah. Now okay. she she I what made it's interesting because I, I don't think she's related necessarily to this burglar but she's sort of a cat burglar of her of her in her own right see what i mean mm -hmm. um and that's hence you know she's the black cat you know um i mean of course if, if there's a mistake and she's like the son of the of the, season, the daughter of the burglar i'll find out in about five minutes when someone messages me at <laughs> let's read spiderman at gmail.com but but i'm just saying if felicia hardy is considered the third greatest romance of peter's uh life one, two, four, and five, uh, in, in, in any order, I'll just read them alphabetically, would be, uh, would be Betty, Gwen, uh, Liz, and Mary Jane. How do you think they're going to rank them over, over time? I, th I think we're going to go, I think we're going to go Mary Jane one. Okay. And then, ooh, this is a hard one for two. I really think Betty is going to be two. Okay. And then Gwen and then Liz Allen after that. Okay. How's that? So, how's that sound? How did you? Uh, you know, this is. I'm. I'm reading this on the internet. I'm not the one who. This is. You know. This is. <laughs> no. This is opinions. This is opinions. So you right, can't. Right. You can't be wrong. Um, Liz right. Allen is is considered fifth. Betty Brant is right. Um, in front of Liz Allen at four. Ooh. Um, so she's not really that major uh, a love interest. Um, her big issue will be the next issue that we read about, listeners. So if you're going to stay oh, with man. us, she will have her big moment in that one. And then immediately after we uh, leave Betty Brandt in issue 30, we will be introduced to um, to Gwen Stacy. She will be coming right oh. in issue 31. They'll just make a make a trade there. Uh, and Gwen Stacy is considered um, sort of his number one girl. Which by the wow. internet, by the internet, his number one over MJ, huh? Um, yeah, it's sort of like, um, you know, I mean, well, we, I'm not sure how much you remember about Gwen Stacy's situation. I think you know, but just in case, we'll just leave it that it is his. Okay, that is his true love. So mm -hmm. we'll. Uh, it's so next issue. We'll, we'll we'll talk about a lot about this again when uh, we talk about. It's a heavy Betty Brant issue. It is. Um, 
Uh, anything you want to say as we close, Eddie? Wait, wait, I got the closing. Are you ready, James? Oh, B? I'm yeah. Go ahead, close. Do, you, do it. Do you have your amulet on right now, James B? <laughs> do you have an amulet on, James uh, B? Yes. <laughs> may and may your amulet never tickle. <laughs> Okay, the annual was terrible, but I love that last line from Spider-Man. Fantastic last line. Yelling that off to uh, Dr. Strange. Yes, uh, Eddie, it's a great last line. Uh, <laughs> but next time you say the last line, just be aware that I'm cutting everything after it. <laughs> and the music's just cueing. So everything you're saying right now does not make the podcast. So you don't have to reflect on it. This this is what plays after the nod words. <laughs> This is the part that's going to play after the music ends. I'm going to keep right. playing this part so people can hear you and your outtakes. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Fine. Goodbye, listeners. Thank you for listening. Yes, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>